This is Becca Millhaven, just saying. I'm Tom Becca. I'm McGraw Millhaven, and we're both shocked we haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> well, seeing as how, seeing as how we're not working for anybody but ourselves, I'm shocked we're still talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're still broadcasting on, on KTRS radio as well as our podcast. Oh, that's true. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes, uh, Thursday nights, we're on uh, KTRS radio in St. Louis. Um, hey, if any other radio stations want to pick us up, give us a call. We'd be happy to talk to you. Yeah, and any other. Yeah, no, uh, and we're, uh, we're found where all fine podcasts are sold. Or given away. Or they given away. For this. You know, I, okay, so. Well, you and I talk about this uh, off the podcast, but uh, I almost said off the air, but we're not on the air. Well, we are in St. Louis, but anyway. Um, uh, we ought to maybe, like, because you and I are doing this with the YouTube, I mean, with a, with the Zoom, so we see each other while we're doing this. We ought to maybe also put up a YouTube channel and start doing it that way, too? No, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that sounds like more work, though. I'll think about it. All right. God I'll love you. About it. Yeah, we're going to do that. Anyway... Uh, so, um, the Super Bowl, I guess it'd be like, you know, the, one of the big topics right now, the Super Bowl, uh, was, uh, last weekend by Chiefs one, uh, my buddy Patrick, uh, showed a, you know, just another great, uh, another great performance, but I, I gotta tell you, this is, this is gonna, you know, rattle some cages here. Oh boy. I wonder if it's time for America to get a new national anthem. Oh, hear, boy. Hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Shirley Ralph sang Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is referred to as the Black National Anthem. It's a beautiful song, and I understand the significance of it and everything. But I wonder sometimes if our attempts to make us more inclusive divide us even more. In other words, in other words, I mean, should there then also be maybe an Hispanic national anthem? Should there be a uh, you know a, a gay national anthem? A, a, a you know any other group? A Christian national anthem? A Muslim? A Jewish? I mean, any other group you want to find here? Do you want to go and, and put that out there as well? And if the Star Spangled Banner, if the if the verses from what was it like eighteen fifteen or something that Francis Scott he wrote, if they're no longer applicable to America today. Do we find a song that might be more inclusive for everybody? You mean like Imagine from like the Beatles? Uh, well, that was just John Lennon and his solo work, but um, uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, well, I, no, I mean, I don't know. Well, Maybe. you actually, oddly enough, you bring up a strangely, bizarrely good topic. I thought, I thought, I thought you would like this. In that, um, how many, um, how many national anthems should we sing to be inclusive of everybody? Because I'm sure the Latino community is saying, well, the national anthem doesn't apply to me and the black national anthem doesn't apply to me. When when is the Latinos going to get their own national anthem? Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I know that the traditional uh, AM right wing talk radio would be, you know, damn it all. We've got a national anthem. We don't need the black national anthem. I'm taking a different approach to this. I'm saying, OK, if the old national anthem doesn't working, if, if it doesn't relate to everybody. Uh, and by the way, by the way, seriously, when you sing the national anthem in a ball game, do you really give it any thought? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, you, you you go you go and you wait and you wait for them to see if they can hit the high note, and, and then and then like with, when you go to a Kansas City game, they change uh, the, the last, lyrics. They change the lyrics at the end. They're at and and the home of the Chiefs, and the whole crowd yells Chiefs. 
You know, so I mean, I mean, they, the Chiefs fans have changed the national anthem to appeal to them. I don't actually, know. The I mean, blue, I, actually, the Blues fans do it here in St. Louis too. They do home of the Blues. Yeah, they're copycats. You know, well, you know, and look, and in some ways, are oh, you nitpicking about you know, hey, they've 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 changed the national anthem for their own self, but it's a legitimate point that you know here in St. Louis, um, there was a every ten years they appoint a commission to uh, they call it the Freeholders Commission, and they do it to look at the government and things they can do to fix the government. It's in the Constitution, and I think the the, the city had to appoint like four people to this commission and they ended up not being able to appoint anybody to the commission because they couldn't find four people to represent the community because they had a black person, they had a white person, you know, they had an Asian person, you know, and then somebody was like, well, what about the Jewish community? Well, what about the Japanese? That's Asian, but that's Pan-Asian. I'm, I'm Indian. That isn't real Asian. That's other Asian. And so all these groups got together and we're so upset because they weren't, quote unquote, represented on this committee. So they ended up never having the committee because they can never agree on who was diversified enough to be on the committee. And by the, and by the way, just because you're a white person, do you represent all the white people? You right. Know? right. Yeah, yeah. Or does a black person represent all the black people? I mean, I know. And, and so I wonder sometimes if our if our you know desire to be so inclusive almost divides us even more it's like hey what about me where's mine you know yeah well it's when you break it down into everyone needs to be represented no one's represented yeah yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's like uh, when i know you've been asked i've been asked to go on cnn or msnbc and why don't you give us a sense of of what st louis is saying about this topic and you're like I've got three minutes to explain to you what three million people think about this topic. Every single one of us has a different opinion. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, and by the way, I've got an audience that maybe has 10% of the St. Louis audience. Okay. Right. So right. Even if I tell you what, you know, and half of the people that are listening think differently than the other half. So, you know, but yeah, I want to give you my view of what this is. You Let know. me tell you what, what all of St. Louis is thinking about, you know, this most controversial topic. Uh, no, it's bonkers, but you bring up a, a great point. And that it's it's ruin it's it's hollowing out what it means to be an American. I understand growing up uh, as a black man in America is different than growing up as a white woman or an Asian man. Or yeah. we all we, we all come all to America, right? Yeah, I mean, you and I are both middle-aged white guys. So I guess I'm an older white guy, but you know, but you know, but my experience growing up and your experience growing up are, are totally different. We all have our different experiences, right? But but we're all Americans. Yes. And if and if on the one day that you, the Super Bowl, which is an unofficial official celebration of America, if on that one day we have to have two national anthems, um, that's just sort of, uh, you know, screaming the point that 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 we're we're not the United States of America. We are the divided states of America. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and by the way, you know, and again. It's a it's a beautiful song, and Shirley Ralph did a wonderful job with it. I mean, this is not you know like you know dissing it in any way, but it's like okay, so what then song best would bring us all together? I don't know. I mean, what, what, how about America the Beautiful? You know, I mean that's you know sort of one Kate, that does. Kate Smith. Well, no. they had uh, what's his face uh, sang it um, uh, on the Super Bowl, um, but yeah, not, not not the Kate Smith version, no. 
did did you uh, what's what's wrong with, with with the Kate Smith version? You don't like that version? You're a racist. Am I a racist? Um, you're a body shamer. So <laughs> you are. I prefer um, to think of myself. I prefer to think of myself more as an ageist. But okay, go ahead. Do you know? Do you know who performed the, in, the halftime show for the first Super Bowl? I heard you talking about this on on the air the other day when I was listening online. I heard you talking about this, but I forget. You went down the list of like the first five or ten Super Bowls, and it was it was like a history lesson in how the culture has changed. <laughs> well, it was the Grambling Marching Band and Carol Channing. <laughs> Carol, you had Carol Channing gyrating to music on the we on the halftime show. I mean, just crazy stuff. Well, the first Super Bowl didn't even, they didn't even fill all the stands. I mean, you know, they, they, yeah. they were giving away tickets with the first Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. Well, it wasn't until the third Super Bowl when the NFL really took hold because the Jets saved the NFL. Um, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> you and your Jets, and they haven't done anything since. Okay, can can I, <laughs> hey, come on now. Um, can I talk about um, the assault on libraries right now? Uh, I would love to hear what you have to say. So, and and again, I, I've never heard of critical race theory until they started trying to ban critical race theory. And nobody can really give me a true definition of what critical race theory actually is. I know what they say, that somehow you're trying to uh, somehow place blame on the white kid in the school for something that happened 150 years ago which I'm not really sure that's what critical race theory means, but whatever. And no no teacher has sat there and said, McGraw, you're responsible for the Civil War and all the deaths that occurred <laughs> in the Civil War. Okay, no, no teacher's ever said that to me and or implied that. But now, you know, now they want to go after schools and teachers and all this, this stuff, right? And, I, and in some ways, I think the library shouldn't necessarily have, you know, Robert Maplethorpe, photos in there right there's there's some things that are age appropriate and not age appropriate but where that line is drawn and who draws it is insane because the story came out um when did the story come out uh well yeah this this week that um a uh library organization in florida pulled a number of books from their library because they didn't want to break any laws or be fined or anything else. And one of the books that was pulled was called Roberto Clemente, Pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates, because in this book, he talks about many things, including some of the racism he faced while as a child and while growing up and while playing professional baseball. Now, why should that book be pulled from any library anywhere? Oh, precisely, because and, and, and what does it say about people that think that if they talk about racism and, and, and what and what these athletes or any African-American had to deal with, uh, you know, whether it be Roberto Clemente or Emmett Till or whoever it might be, you know, uh, when, when you, if you're if you're educating people about what it was like back then, you know, 50 years, 75 years, 100 years ago, if you're telling people what it was like back then. How how does that affect the person? There? What, where, what type of white guilt is there? To think like, oh yeah, they're they're bad mouthing me. No, we're talking about the history of this country and any any country, any family history, any city history, any you know nation's history has got good and bad in it. 
And, and you should not be afraid of the negative because that's how you learn, right? I, it just boggles my mind that are you are you that weak need to hear a story about R- Roberto Clemente and you don't want to hear it because you don't want someone to feel guilty about what happened to him, right? I mean, how how weak is your self-esteem that you can't handle the fact that a Roberto Clemente faced racism while growing up? I mean, what, really? That's that's going to ruin America? That's nuts. It, it would be like, let's not report on Harvey Weinstein and the rapes because I don't want to be blamed as a white guy who likes movies. Uh, I don't want to be, be blamed for raping women. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, bring, you bring up an excellent point here, and I want to expand on that. But you know what? Since we're also on the air here at uh, KTRS, the Big 550 in St. Louis, this will be a part where we take a commercial break. If you're listening to the podcast, we're going to just keep on talking. Uh, so, you know, but uh, but um, take a commercial break right here. Back in a moment on the Big 550 KTRS. Three, Great. two, one. We are back. Well, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, we never left. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in to KTRS and you missed the stellar performance we already had, you can listen to the podcast online, uh, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. So yeah, subscribe, like, tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, we put this out every Thursday. So anyway, so you bring up a very good point about you know banning of books. And the, that very idea of that should be just abhorrent to every American. Okay, that, that they're afraid that you have libraries that are afraid, literally afraid in, in, in Florida of having a book out there that might offend someone. And so they're banning it. They're stopping it. You should never be afraid of ideas, uh, you know, and never be afraid of, 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 of books. By, by the way, by the way, I mean, no offense. How many Floridians do you think are actually reading books about Roberto Clemente in the first place? Right? I mean, yeah. Uh, which brings me to a point I wanted to make, <laughs> which is which is how these conservatives do so much to promote what they say they hate. I mean, right now the big thing is, uh, like, um, uh, the... Uh, uh, the drag show uh, book reading, right? The, 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 story time, drag queen story time or whatever it is, right? Right, yeah. Prior to the protests and the outcry from the far right, had you ever heard of this sort of thing? No. Right, yeah. If if, if Marilyn Manson wasn't uh, called the devil and boycotted by the far right, would you have even been aware of what this guy was doing? Well, that's like that. That's like the critical race theory. I I never yeah. heard of critical race theory until they wanted to ban it. Yeah. And then it was like, what is it? Yeah. And and the reality is, is that what it is is it is upper level um, uh, law studies, and it's not some you know anti white literature that's being thrown out there. But some people evidently want to promote that fact because the, the uneducated uh, and the emotional get all wound up over it, and uh, it helps them. Uh, Helps them get elected. Well, you know, it's kind of it's 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 interesting when you talk about this because this, you know, I somebody came up to me and was like Sharia law, Sharia law. Oh, they want to invoke Sharia law, and I was like, well, what's Sharia law? And they said, well, they want to ban books. 
They want to ban images and things that are uh, offensive to them. They want uh, women and men to, you know, uh, only marry their opposite sex. Women have to be clothed and, you know, can't show their arms. And and I'm like, are you talking about Afghanistan? Or are you talking about Missouri? I, I'm confused by this, right? Because <laughs> in in Missouri, they had a law. They just the Jefferson, the, the, the legislature got into a, a fight because women were, were wearing shirts that were exposing their sleeves. And they wanted to write a law that said they weren't allowed to expose their sleeves. And it's like their arms, kind of, their arms. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, didn't didn't have any sleeves on their yeah. on their shirts, and and I was like, isn't that a form of Sharia law? I mean, so they kept screaming about Sharia law, and every time you look, they want to do something that's similar to Sharia law. Well, no, no, because Sharia law is Muslim, and we're Christian, so it's not the same thing at all. <laughs> I know that's 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 the bizarreness of this whole thing, you know, uh, of that, um, and and people have got okay. I I just not mentioned. I just not mentioned. In an article that was written about Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, yeah. Buddy. Okay, so so uh, Larry the Cable Guy, a good Nebraska comedian, right? He posted a picture of Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, heckling, you know, the president. And right. you know, we've all seen the pictures, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene with her uh, hands to her mouth, yelling, and just uh, the look in her face, and just the, that, you know, and, and that makes some, for some very funny memes out there, right? So Larry put that out there, and he said that uh, this was the face of every comedian's ex-girlfriend sitting in the back row, you know? And so uh, he got all, all blasted by all these uh, conservatives who were thinking that he was supporting Joe Biden, right? And, of course, Larry is not very conservative. He's, he's a, you know, he's a conservative and makes no bones about it. But the conservatives were, were uh, blasting him. Because he dared, you know, joke about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, and I pointed out to the, how I got mentioned in the article was that when he tweeted out the story, I tweeted out that I had um, commended Joe Biden for the way he handled the hecklers. Because, yeah, you know what? As a, as a former stand-up comedian, I know the art of dealing with hecklers. And right. Joe Biden handled it masterfully. So by me putting that out there, all these people start uh, tweeting against me, thinking that means that I was uh, saying that everything Biden said about whatever the topic was right. was was brilliant, you know? And it's like, no. You know, I mean, I agree with some of the things he said. I disagree with some of the things he said. But the way that he handled the hecklers was... Well, but that's, I mean, the, the, that's you, you say something nice about Trump, like, hey, you know what, that was a funny joke Trump did or, you know, something. And because um, during the campaign, the first campaign against Hillary, uh, do you remember when he was speaking at the Al Smith dinner? Um, and he stood up and he said, the media, do, do you remember this story where Melania stood up and read the same speech that Michelle Obama gave at the convention? Yeah. Okay. So there was a, um, I mean, Michelle Obama gave a speech at the convention four years later. Melania Trump stands up and in her speech, she literally plagiarized it and gave the same exact speech at the convention for Trump. So then a couple of weeks later, now they're in the thick of the Hillary Clinton campaign and it's the Al Smith dinner. And Donald Trump get, gets up there and he says, you people are so biased and I can prove it to you without a shadow of a doubt. He says. Michelle Obama, four years ago, 
got up and gave a speech at the convention. And everybody loved it. Then, a few weeks ago, my wife gets up and gives the same exact speech, <laughs> and everybody criticizes it. You people are... And that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. That is hilarious, right? Is So I tweeted out like, boy, that was really, that was the funniest Trump, man, right? That was the funniest thing I've ever heard. You would have thought I was killing baby seals, right? And it was like... <laughs> It was it was a funny joke, and the the people just can't handle it when you give someone their due. It was funny. You appreciate it. You disagree with them. I mean, it it it's like all or nothing with these people. But but but, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. When you think about uh, putting out jokes, Donald Trump isn't the first name that comes to mind. Okay. <laughs> That was a great joke, though. It was, it was, yeah, did he mean it as a joke or was he bitching? Oh no, no, no! It was a, it was hilarious. I mean, it was a, you know, yeah. it was a roast or something. It was, yeah, a, no, you know. I know, I yeah. know. Yeah. Well, that's look, and I do think that is one of the dangers that we have in this country is we've lost if we've lost our sense of humor. But I wonder sometimes if we have lost our sense of humor or if that's just how we focus on the handful of people that have. You know what I mean? In other words, we're talking about the people that were complaining about uh, Larry the Cable Guy's tweet or the tweet that I put out. Uh, you know, we're talking about that as opposed to people that probably agreed with us or didn't even give a rat's ass. And then, uh, uh, rat's patoot, I'm sorry, I forgot we're on the radio. Uh, uh, you know, and and we don't talk about them, you know, but we talk about some people that had a problem with it. And no matter what, in a country of 330 million people or whatever, some reason have a problem with whatever you say. Well, the, the, the brilliant comments you make on the radio or, or, or the podcast, people who agree with you don't usually, you know, text you or email you and call you, write you a letter and say how much they loved your comments. Only the, the other people who think you're an idiot respond. Uh, by the way, do you remember when you introduced me to Larry the Cable Guy? Uh, no. So you and I were at a Mizzou football game. Oh, yeah, I do now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Missouri, a Missouri's playing on Nebraska, and it's a halftime, and we're walking outside the stadium. We're walking in the stadium. And this is before Larry the Cable Guy gets big. And you run into this guy. You start talking. You're chatting with him. You're like, hey, this is my buddy, McGraw. Hey, McGraw, this is my buddy. And so I'm sort of standing there like I have no use for this guy. I'm like, we got to get back to our seats. The game's about to start. Can you stop yapping? So see you later. See you later. Fine. We walk away. You turn to me and you say, you know, that guy's got an act. He calls himself Larry the Cable Guy. He's pretty funny. He might be going places. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and and, and unbe unbeknownst to me at that time, uh, he had already like had been had voiced uh, the car in Tom. It was what 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 was the uh, the cartoon? Cars. Uh, cars. Yeah, cars. Yeah, he already done the voice. He had all this stuff in the works, right? But he was still working the clubs uh, at that time, and that's what I know when he was working the clubs and our paths have crossed over the years, once or twice. And, you know, yeah. he's always been very nice to me. And, you know, he's a, he's, he, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. But, yeah, but at that time, he was, you know, and I didn't know. I just thought he was another club comic, you know. But yeah. he had already had all this stuff in the works. <laughs> and, like, about a month later, two months later, it was like, boom, he's all over the place. I was like, wait, Larry the Cable Guy? Like, the movie the, uh, the Cable Guy? That's his bit? I'm like, yeah. well, whatever. These comedians will try anything these days. Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and seriously, the first time I – you know, I saw him. I mean, he was he was packing the comedy club in um, Kansas City, and I'd never heard of the guy. You know, I was just like, but everybody, oh yeah, you got to see this guy. And I went there thinking, oh geez, some hokey, you know, Southern comic, knowing nothing about him. Right. And his stuff, yeah, there were a few, uh, you know, basic, you know, jokes about 
flatulence. Yeah. Um, but overall, his stuff was very funny and very unique and, and very uh, well, incredible. I mean, I'm not saying anything that uh, people don't already know. And I was amazed at how much I enjoyed his act because I went in there thinking, all right, there's going to be some corn pone comic. And it was smart and funny and, uh, you know, really enjoyed the stuff. And and that surprised me, quite honestly, the first time I heard him. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I always remember that, like, maybe I should have been nicer to that guy. <laughs> but, I was, but I was like, the, the game was starting. We got to get, get back to our seats. Come on, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, funny. yeah. Yeah. Now, now you'd be, now you go around telling people in St. Louis, oh, yeah, yeah. I knew Larry before he was big. I, I knew, know, I knew Larry. We go way back. Yeah. I used to, I, I used to call him Daniel. That's how well I knew him. Yeah. Dan, <laughs> Dan Whitney. Dan Whitney. He's a good, he's a good guy and uh, lives, uh, still lives uh, here in Nebraska. And, um, uh, yeah, just, uh, real good. Anyway, that's enough about him. Yeah. Nice stuff. He doesn't talk do even, about, how do we even get off of that topic? I don't know. Well, you know, you're doing a show with you. is like trying to, I'm like a hockey goalie. Shots are coming <laughs> from everywhere. <laughs> uh, uh, can we, can we talk a little baseball? Sure. Do you have anything else? Do you have anything else you, you need to talk about? I'm listening to you now. Okay. You, you, what, what, what about baseball? Well, I was Jason Stark from ESPN wrote an article about all the new rule changes uh, that's going to be uh, starting in effect. Um, Spring training when spring training starts. Yeah. So the bags are you know six inches bigger, right? So really they're really six inches, but they're really a foot closer because second base is six inches bigger. So second base is six inches closer to first, and first base is six inches closer to second. So really it's a foot closer. Yeah. So they're really eighty nine feet apart, not ninety feet apart, right? So that's I mean how many plays? That's going to be a major change well they figure there'll be more stolen bases that way and you know so we gotta gotta keep things moving gotta keep these moving it's like it's like i i, I hate the rule where they put um okay extra innings okay guy starts on second base yeah it's like no that's not how you play the game you know i agree but i maybe they should have done that in the 11th inning or the 12th inning let them play two innings of regular baseball before you put the runner on sec second base um, but I get it. I mean, you don't want, I mean, the pitcher's arms being what they are, you know, you just wear out a whole bullpen and the team takes a week to sort of recover from a 16 inning game. Um, and plus the game goes, you know, three o'clock in the morning. It just doesn't make any sense. You, yeah. you got to have a way to sort of end the game. And right. probably put, put, putting the guy in second is probably the least worst option. Um, but how about the the, the pitch clock? Right. So, I mean, you, you might, you might call a strike or a ball and the guy n never throws a pitch, right? If the pitcher steps off the mound and, you know, tries to collect himself one too many times, um, it's, that's a balk, right? So, I mean, it, if, if you throw over once, you throw over twice and then you sort of take your foot off the mound, that's a balk. And the guy goes to second base. I mean, that pitchers are not thinking that way. There's going to be a whole lot of mass confusion with all this. And and you know what they're doing in minor league teams, minor league games, they're testing out computers as umpires. Yeah. Which is no, 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 no. I mean, you know, look, I'm, I, you and I are both big baseball fans. Matter of fact, uh, if we were uh, doing this on, uh, on YouTube, you'd see that you were actually wearing a, a matter of fact, you're wearing a Cardinals. I, we didn't know that you're wearing a Cardinals shirt and I'm wearing a guardian sweatshirt. From oh, well, there you go. 
Which, by the way, I make the prediction now, Guardians in the World Series this year. Hmm. You heard it here first. Okay, you haven't been right since, what, 1997? That is the beautiful thing about this time of year, though. I don't care what team you have, what what team you support. It's all, everything's possible, baby. You know, you get, well, you, get uh, 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 you know, the other team gets injured. You know, something happens. Yeah, you get lucky, get on a hot streak. Every, every team hates their reliever. Every fan, right? Every fan of the team hates their closer and is convinced the world is against them. Uh, well, that's only because you're a Mets fan, you feel that way. <laughs> Man, success like the Indians slash Guardians have over the years, you don't feel that way. Yeah, well, I'm also a Jets fan. You feel that way about the Browns. Oh, geez. Every, yeah. every team. Oh, the, 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 the Browns are their own worst enemy. I'm not, I'm not saying the world's against them. The Browns are against them. That everyone hates their closer. Everyone loves their backup quarterback. And um, everyone thinks their coach stinks. And everyone thinks they can do better than the coach. That's sports talk radio. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Put in the backup quarterback. He's better because I haven't seen I haven't seen any practice and I haven't talked to the guy once, but he's better than the guy you're playing. Well, that's part of the, the joy of being a fan, you know, because, yeah, we have all the answers. We know we know what we know what they should be doing. You know, <laughs> you know, we know what they should be doing. By the way, since you brought mentioned backup quarterback, can we give uh, props to uh, the, the Chiefs backup quarterback? Chad uh, Henney? Yeah, Denny, who who just uh, retired after after a long career of being basically the backup quarterback. He retired. Yeah, he retired yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm sure they'll still let him be in the parade today. No, that's nice. Of him. Uh, but no, but 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 he did not get enough props. I mean, and granted, I mean Mahomes' performance was stellar, and so take nothing away from that. But if he didn't come in and do that, what 99 yard drive during the playoffs? The Chiefs don't make it to the Super Bowl. You know, if, if if he comes in and they're three and out, they punt. Other teams have good field position. It is a whole different ballgame. Chad Henning, Chad Henning should be, um, I mean, not the MVP by any stretch, but he should definitely be recognized for how he got the Chiefs into the Super Bowl so they could win it. Well, that's very nice for Chad Henney, who is apparently 47 years old. I think he right. He played from went to Michigan. I think he was the quarterback for Michigan before Tom Brady. Actually, and this guy's either before Tom Brady or right after Tom Brady's. Chad yeah. Henney's been around a while. Uh, anyway, my shout out this week is this our second segment or our third? Oh, segment? That's a matter of fact, we're late for the break. We're late for the break. So let's take a quick break here. Uh, take a quick break here. Then we'll return. And then we'll we'll wrap it up with your shout out and all that stuff here. Uh, this is Beck and Millhaven just saying uh, on your podcast and also on the big 550 KTRS. Three, two, one. For some reason. Well, you clap and I clap, so we'll do it. It'll show up somewhere. It doesn't show up. Okay. Three, two, one. We're back. Uh, and a little bit, a bit behind the scene thing here. A little bit behind the scene thing. So when they edit this for the broadcast, we want to put a little uh, dead airspace in there so they can see it on the computer to see where the break is and they can edit it to put in their commercials. We were going to go and just like clap during that so that it would have a big spike on this on the on the meter. I know I'm getting maybe too much in the weeds on this, but for some reason when we clap, like I'm clapping now, 
You didn't hear that, right? You saw me clap, but you didn't hear it. I don't hear it. It, does, it doesn't show up. For some reason, when we clap, it doesn't show up on Zoom. Maybe you're a witch. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> well, witches don't show up in mirrors. Claps don't show up on audio. Did you ever think of that? I can only no, imagine I... the th- I can only imagine the things in your head you're not saying. All right. My here's my shout out for the Super yeah. Bowl. Eagles cornerback James Bradbury, who had the guts and the leadership and the I mean, just the 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 just I cannot say enough about how this man stood up and said, Yeah, I held the guy. Yeah, I wish I didn't. I was trying, I was holding the guy. They caught me. I wish, I wish they didn't call it, but they called it. Yeah, I was holding. In the yeah. biggest stage, in the biggest moment, uh, Carrie Lake can learn something or two from this guy. The guy lost, the guy took responsibility. How many times is it the policeman's fault for us getting pulled over and speeding? Why don't you go try and find the real criminals, right? How many times do you talk yourself? I wasn't fired. I didn't hand it in, but there's a reason why, right? Everyone's got an excuse for everything. And this guy stands up on the biggest stage and very easily could have tried to criticize the refs, said, yeah, I'm I'm guilty. And by the way, by the the way, the last thing you want to do if you're uh, the Eagles is uh, to upset some uh, Philly fans. Because, I mean, did you, did you see how they tore up? I mean, Kansas City, you know, it was a nice little celebration, right? Philly went, you know, win or lose, they torched the place. That's nuts. That's nuts. I mean, they torched the place for losing. Um, yeah, no, Philly Philly has their own issues. But I just think in this day and age where everybody, uh, everyone claims, why doesn't people take responsibility for their actions? And then when it's time for them to take responsibility for their actions, they don't. And this guy on the biggest stage and the biggest one, because I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was a bad call. It kind of ruined what was otherwise the greatest Super Bowl of all time. It ended on a total dud. I didn't really care who won, but I was I was complaining. I'm like, no way is that a penalty. And then when I saw what he said, it was like, well, I, I you know, I'm not going to. How can somebody who's never played defensive back, somebody who hasn't gone to one practice, watches the game sparingly. I'm going to tell you what a what a defensive holding call is. This guy, right? This guy's the expert. He said it's holding. I guess, I guess it was holding. Yeah. And quite honestly, there are a lot of holding calls that never get called. So when he said, I wish they wouldn't have called it, right? You know, he's telling the truth there. Cause yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 But, I uh, just, I just, I mean, but, but that guy, you know, politicians are never wrong. Uh, you, you, you can never give the other guy the, the right good point. You know, I understand. I agree with that point, even though I disagree with your overall arguments, right? Um, when it's all said and done, this guy James Bradbury is a stand-up guy. Well, look, you talk about the politics of it all. There's actual video of Roger Stone saying, "No, no, no." I told him, I said, "Forget what the results are. Forget what they say. Screw that. We won. Just keep on saying that we won. Just keep on saying that we won. Keep on saying that we won because they wouldn't admit defeat. I mean, to this day, Trump still hasn't really admitted defeat, and so that, that caused that caused a riot on the Capitol. It caused right. people." Innocent, good people that just got all caught up in the moment are going to prison for years because they believed the lies that these guys were saying because they wouldn't admit their own defeat. So you bring up an excellent point there. Uh, you know, yeah, when we're when we're wrong, and it's hard to say it sometimes. It's hard to say I was wrong, but when you're wrong or when you lose, admit it. Yeah. You know, and then move on. Yeah. You know, yeah. No. 
First of all, were you making fun of my stutter then, or what were you doing there? Well, no, people that don't know you, I mean, yeah, you used to be a really bad stutterer. I still am, actually. Well, you, 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 you uh, never really. You never really. It's it's not like where you break your arm and then you fix it and then you're all better. You you um you learn how to uh trick the listener into thinking you're not stuttering. That's the best way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah, which yeah. is um what Biden's had to do. And well, uh, you know, you mentioned this. Let me give a plug for my for my for my TV for my regular show uh, on the mornings on KTRS. We're having a uh, we're doing this uh, book club where we're bringing in authors. Have you heard about this? Uh yeah. So we got a, our, our second author is coming up uh, March twenty fourth. Man's name is John Hendrickson. He's written a brand new book called Life on Delay: Making Peace with a Stutter. And this guy is a wonderful writer. Jr. Uh, my cousin told me about him. He uh, he's a stutterer and he's a journalist. And he he interviewed teachers, doctors, professors, students, parents, and sat down with Joe Biden and then told his own story about how he had to deal with stuttering and everything else. And so uh, he's going to be our book author March 24th. If you want more information, just go to KTRS.com. Now, uh, people that don't know, McGraw used to be a serious stutterer, but he wanted to be on the radio. And and, and, and so when we first met uh, 120 years ago, McGraw was doing, uh, he was doing uh, traffic reports. He was doing traffic reports for the radio station. And... <laughs> If there was a word he couldn't say, uh, he would make up where the accidents were because it was easier for him to say Pacific Street than it might be for him to say it was, uh, you know, Bella Vista or whatever it might be, you know. So he would he would, he would would make up accidents and delays on streets only because it was easier for him to say while he was uh, getting a stutter under control. Is that wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. Is, it, is, is, is that wrong? And, uh, um, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were fake news before it was fashionable. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's interesting though. No one ever called and said, "Hey, there's no accident on 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 Interstate 80 and on Exit 440." Well, you know, okay, and I'll be honest with you, I never understood the whole traffic report thing on the radio to begin with. Because nine times out of ten, by the time it gets on the air, it's already cleared up. I mean, unless there's like a major wreck on the interstate where things are backed up for you know ten exits. You know, unless there's something like that, nine times out of ten, it's uh, it's no big deal. You know, and I, I've well, never, I don't I, think I have ever, I don't think I've ever changed my route based on a radio traffic report. And the TV ones are even worse because you're watching it in the morning, watching it in the morning, <laughs> and they say, "Here's a traffic report." Oh, good, I'm leaving the house in 15 minutes. I'm sure it'll still be relevant then. So I, my brain works like this. The traffic guy says. Hey, uh, if you're traveling on eastbound 40 near uh, southbound 270, and, and you're like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Westbound 40 to southbound 270. Okay, what did he say? You know, and by, by then, they're, you know, you're like, I, my brain doesn't work that fast. And, and, by the, and by the way, you're in the studio at the time he's saying that, so you're not even in the car, and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, now where is that? Yeah, I know, it's... <laughs> Wait a minute, the, the, the west side of what street? What did you say? Hold on a second. Yeah, no, but no. no I people... think yeah, so I think I'm traveling northbound we, on that street. We had a we had a guy call up on the radio show one time. This is going back years ago. A guy called up and he uh complaining about the radio station. And please can as a as program director, can you call me? I'd like to talk about the problem I have with the radio station. So I call the guy back 
And he says, hi, uh, longtime listener of your show, but I have a problem. I said, what's that? He says, I get to work at 7.30 every morning, and I listen every morning at 7.30. I run into my office, I turn it on, and I listen uh, on the um, computer. I go, yes. He says, I'd appreciate it if you would stop with the traffic reports after 7.30. I don't need them anymore. <laughs> you know, and people listening to this think you just made that up. But having been in radio and broadcasting for, God, almost 50 years now, I know that's true. I know that is true. <laughs> the, the, the calls we have taken over the years off the air and stuff, uh, some of the things that people have said to us, yeah, I know that to be true. Uh, uh, sir, 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 and I, I don't need them anymore. Why? I, I'm very upset. I don't need the traffic report. Sir, do you think maybe somebody else isn't at work at 745 and might need the traffic report? Oh, well, I, I mean, if you put it that way, I guess, but I don't need them. Uh, yeah, or the like... other guy, or, or the other one, I got a call where the guy says, Paul Harvey died, right? Paul Harvey passed away, and we were uh -huh. a Paul Harvey station. So uh, the week after, they do the best of Paul Harvey as a tribute to the, to the legendary broadcaster, Paul Harvey. And then the following Monday, there's no more Paul Harvey because the man died. So I get a phone call from somebody who's very upset that we're no longer playing Paul Harvey. And I said, sir, the man died. He's like, yeah, I understand that. But why aren't you playing Paul Harvey? I'm like, the man died. I don't know what else to tell you. There's no more Paul Harvey. <laughs> there's no more there's there's no more page two. There's nothing. The man couldn't get it. He was mad at me because I couldn't play more Paul Harvey. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time uh, for today. Uh, but like I said, please subscribe, uh, follow us, like us, all that stuff on, uh, on wherever you get your podcast. Join us every Thursday and, of course, Thursday night here on uh, KTRS. Have a, a great day. Uh, make the most of it. I'm Tom Becker. I'm McGraw Millhaven. So long. Bye. A Huda Media Production.